Greetings, one and all. This is Rico, and you're listening to Sharks and Sci-Fi, the weekly dose of geeky goodness for January 21st, 2018, podcast 667. Welcome to the show, everyone. This has been a while, maybe a month at least, before the holidays at least. Uh, I'm going to just do a solo show this week talking about Star Trek Discovery. So for those who don't watch, don't care, whatever, aren't caught up, uh, you could probably turn the podcast off right now, although I'll probably talk at the beginning of the show about a few other things and then get into talking about. I want to basically bring everyone, or or not bring everyone up to speed, but uh, I, I want to have a chance to talk about the episodes we've seen so far up through, let's see, we've had 11 episodes Uh, There's a new one, number 12, on tonight. Uh, Then there are three more after that to bring a total of 15 for the season. But this was a good point, I thought, to talk about the series as a whole, um, as far as we know so far, at least, uh, because some big things have been going on in the last couple of episodes. And uh, I just uh, have really been enjoying uh, the series, especially as it gained kind of momentum as the season has gone on. So um, that's going to be the main topic today. Uh, Like I said, I'll talk about a few other things to start off with. And uh, yeah, so uh, sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. All right, again, uh, welcome to the show, uh, uh, one and all, uh, to Treks and Sci-Fi. Uh, I always like to say, if maybe this is the first time you've ever listened to the podcast, uh, I've done this for a long time, many, many years, since 2005, and I, I try to cover uh, Star Trek, Star Wars things, other sci-fi and fantasy, some unusual topics. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a big geek nerd I, I i love sci-fi and fantasy have pretty much all my life so uh, books comics movies television uh it's my thing my bag my uh <laughs> my passion uh or one of my many I, I have a lot of things that i like but uh this thing is probably the biggest so um yeah welcome to the show and and for those returning uh welcome as well uh if you um let's just get this out of the way if you want to support the show uh, there's this thing called Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Treks and Sci-Fi is the spot. And uh, this started up a couple of years ago. I've been using it for over a year. And uh, basically what it allows you to do is for whatever you feel like, a dollar a month, two dollars a month, three, four, five, whatever, uh, you can sign up. And I try to put some special things on there uh, from time to time. And it helps support the podcast support the um, hosting fee, support uh, new gear, new things, new sets, new um, whatever I need for the show. Uh, that's what I use for that, that fund. And uh, yeah, uh, for those that have supported uh, that for a while, um, uh, very much appreciate that. I've had a few couple new people uh, lately, and you guys, thanks so much uh, to you. 
Um, and I just really, really like using it. It's very simple. And I support the podcast that I listen to that way. And I hope you can too. So um, that's let's just get that done. All right. Uh, and, and the other thing, I guess, is if you ever want to contact me, treksf at gmail.com. I also have treksinsci-fi at gmail.com. Uh, and probably way too many other emails for other things too. So, um, but, um, yeah, I feel like I, uh, and I, and I say this, I don't know, maybe it's a winter thing, but I feel a little bit kind of like I'm a little nasally today. So if you pick up on that, I feel fine. It's, it's just the stupid Michigan winter. Uh, we've had a pretty nasty, frankly, winter so far. It's been we had super cold weather for a long time over the holidays and beyond. Uh, we've had bouts in the last week or two of some warmer temps. The snow has kind of, you know, come down, then it melts, then it comes down again, and it melts again. So, um, but uh, yeah, it, it's um, so far the health is good, uh, which is good, and uh, most of the people I know are, are are pretty healthy too, which is great. But uh, yeah, it's just you know being inside, and uh, I bought myself what we bought a. Um, a house humidifier um, over the holidays. I've been wanting to do this for a while. We don't have a a lot of homes that live in this part of the country have humidifiers built into their furnace, but we don't have that. And of course, with the furnace on a lot with heat, um, the house gets dry, and and a humidifier can help uh, to alleviate that. And and you guys are hearing all kinds of weather and humidity stories for a a, a geeky podcast, uh, but. Um, it all relates, right? It, it's all uh, it's all part of it. So that's kind of my uh, my commentary on um, on on the uh, voice fact. Why is my uh, Mac iMac um, went into uh, sleep mode? I got to change that sometime. I I have I have uh, two computers that I use a lot for the for the podcast and the other things too. My main uh, Windows PC. Uh, and uh, which which is what I use uh, almost all the time. But when I do these shows, I usually have my Mac going as well. I can bring up clips on that and feed them to the other machine. I, I use my main computer to record on. Here's some good technical behind the scenes thing. Uh, but um, but it's uh, the iMac. I, I I probably need to change it. It it goes into um, you know screensaver mode or you know turns off the screen a lot more or more quickly than I really want it within a minute or two. Speaking of Apple, I, I had to get a. Uh, Although I don't think it really helped. I have a very old work phone, um, iPhone 5, 5S, yeah, and I got a new battery put in it, and it's just still draining the battery like crazy. It's terrible. I, I bought a little battery pack, this Morphe, Mophie thing that you clip into your, you use it as a case and a battery a battery backup kind of on your, for your phone, but um, why am I talking about all the random weird stuff? <laughs> um but I was looking at the um, my iMac here. I guess that's what triggered my brain, my ping pong brain. All right, hey, let's talk about um, sci-fi uh, and and fantasy movies, television, uh, and, and those kinds of things. A, a few just highlights of what I've been watching. Uh, let's see. I went to see about a week ago. I went to see the Jumanji. Uh, what's it called? Back to the Jungle in the Jungle. You know, back in the jungle or whatever something jungle. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to the jungle, I think is what it's called officially. You know, it's the one with uh, The Rock and Karen Gillan. You know, it, it's, uh, I really enjoyed it, actually. It, it's it's not like the old Jumanji movie, 
which was you know quite a while back with Robin Williams. But uh, it's got a you know a modern spin. As you see in the previews, uh, these four uh, teenage high school kids get sucked into the Jumanji uh, game, and uh, they uh, they become these sort of alternate uh, characters, just like you do in any kind of game you play, right? You you sort of in a game you get to um, and in the movie, well, I won't give that away exactly, but anyway, they become in in the they they get pulled into the Jumanji game and have to kind of complete quests to get out of it. And uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, a lot more fun than I thought. A lot of humor, uh, looked good. The Rock, I'll I'll pretty much go see The Rock in anything. Karen Gillan was fun to see. Um, so yeah, I I really uh, liked it a lot, and uh, I recommend it if you can go if you get a chance to go see it. Go check it out. I think they did a good job with it, and uh, they left it. I guess they kind of left it. You know, any movie they, these days, they leave open in, in a way for a, a sequel. i got to get a little tea here. But, uh, but yeah, it was good. And, um, you know, they, they, I think, added to this sort of Jumanji mythos a bit, and, uh, you know, they, they were able to do some fun things with the story and characters, so... I went to see that. Uh, I didn't see very many other movies, really, uh, over over the holidays, except Last Jedi, like, three times. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I watched... What did I watch? Uh, I didn't really even watch that many movies on TV. I was trying to get caught up on my TV uh, series viewing. The Gifted uh, was one show that I wanted to make sure that I mentioned, because it just ended uh it ended quicker than i thought i didn't realize it was only getting a a partial like half season 13 episodes uh although for some series that's that's you know almost the same as we're getting for discovery we're getting 15 you know their tv series uh the old days of of 24 26 whatever episodes a season has kind of gone away quite a bit Uh, network tv still generally does that so anyway the gifted was the mutant x-men kind of related um show on Fox and uh, I think it's really been good. It really was good. A lot better than I think uh, people may have expected. Uh, I think they treated it well. The characters were well drawn out and interesting. It, it dealt with mainly this family where the kids are mutants and that's discovered in the early episode, uh, first episode, I guess, and more than there quite a bit more than that. But the, you know, the mutants are being kind of persecuted by humans in the government, of course, right, just like the X-Men. And the X-Men are mentioned in the series, but they're not really there, of course, because, you know, they got movies to do. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I like it a lot. Uh, and the good news is, for those that are interested, at the very end, uh, as the credits were rolling after the final episode, uh, they are getting a second season. They announced that on the TV, uh, although... I looked around a little online to find out more about that, but uh, I'm assuming if they announce that on television that they are coming back. Uh, I don't think it means they're coming back more this season. I don't think it'll be till like next fall or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's been one of the highlights of the new um, television season, the new series um, uh, that that have come out. Uh, not not really a lot of new series that I'm watching, at least. But th- but that was a good one. I've enjoyed that uh, uh, quite a bit, and I've been watching it. Uh, I also watched uh, very recently, just this week, the the first episode of the the latest CW uh, superhero comic book type show uh, called Black Lightning. Now, I'm not really sure. You know, these are all DC comic book based TV shows. 
and I, I should probably look it up online. Uh, but of course, you know they've got Flash, Supergirl, uh, Green Arrow, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, the uh, all all of those characters and shows pretty much are are DC, you know, heroes. Uh, but uh, or or some villains and some of those. Uh, the uh, this show, Black Lightning. I you know I'm a pretty big comic book nerd, and I'm not sure. If that's really a DC Comics character, maybe at the break here, I'll, I'll take a look. Uh, but um, but yeah, I thought the first episode was really well done. It, it's about uh, a, a black guy, obviously, called Black Lightning. And uh, he's um, he's a high school principal living and working in this uh, not great inner city kind of a setting. And it starts out with, you know, he used to be this hero with a secret identity called Black Lightning. He gave it up. I think it's supposed to be eight or nine years ago. But, of course, because, you know, you wouldn't have a series without this, he gets pulled back into that life again. And uh, I I thought that they did a good job with this first episode. Uh, he's an interesting character, not like any of the other DC comic book shows. Uh, it has its own kind of style and tone. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep watching and, and keep uh, checking it out. So Black Lightning, yeah, that... Uh, I enjoyed uh, the uh, a couple of other things that I want to mention briefly before we get into talking about uh, Discovery uh, on on television. I'm starting to watch Black Mirror the fourth season. Yeah, I guess it's the fourth season. I mean, they have such short seasons, like six, eight episodes, if that. Uh, uh, but uh, I watched the, of course, that first episode that had the Star Trek style and theme to it. That that was good. That the USS Callister, I think it was called. I watched a couple episodes after that. Uh, there was this really interesting one uh, about a about a uh, single mom with her daughter who gets her daughter um, gets her daughter basically chipped uh, because she doesn't want to. She she loses her and I'm not. This is in the previews for these things in a park real temporarily and and there's this technology that allows you to track your child. But there's of course more. Black Mirror focuses a lot on kind of like semi-future tech and how it impacts people and their lives and that's kind of the basis of it a little bit uh so that that is and that episode was directed by jody foster it was a good episode strong episode i thought really good uh then i watched one more last night uh that i i almost really can't talk about it it's the third episode of the season because it would give away too many things i think uh but Let's just say that third episode, um, man, it's it's. There's a lot of these are. Black Mirror has a bit of a reputation as being kind of a little bit bleak and grim and strong, and the third episode of this season is is really like hard to watch in a way uh, at, at points. So I'll, I'll just give you a little bit of you know that's all I'll say. I mean, it was an interesting episode, I guess a good episode I'd call it, but. Not something I'd ever watch again. Uh, I mean, it was it was a hard one. So, uh, but it it also you know it involves some tech and things like that. But that that's a good show. There's another one called uh, uh and I'm going to do a podcast. Actually, I've been mapping out what I'm going to do in February. I'm going to do a podcast talking about uh, the shows. Um, there's a, a few of them now. We have Black Mirror. We have this uh, Philip K. Dick uh, uh, anthology sci-fi type fantasy ish. Um, mostly sci-fi, I guess, a show uh, that just popped up on, um, it's on Amazon Prime now, and so you can watch it there. I think it's five or six episodes. Uh, I've watched one so far, 
And then there's another show on Hulu called Dimension 404, which which I really like. I think that one really has a feel of kind of like old, uh, you know, Twilight Zone a little bit uh, and, and that. So with twists and turns. But, yeah, there's a lot of these, um, you know, you can watch it one episode at a time. And, and uh, it, it, they're really, I'm really happy that we're getting that kind of stuff because it, it allows them to do different kinds of stories and, you can just jump into it. It's not an ongoing series, and you don't have all that going on. But um, let's see what else. Oh, Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. How, how do they call it? Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? That This this season uh, has been really uh, interesting, really good. And I, and I know Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has not been everybody's um, favorite or cup of tea you know it started as kind of almost a spin-off from the movies the very popular marvel movies with colson you know give him a show give him have him run shield kind of a thing and i'll give you that some of the seasons have been stronger than others but the, I, I just really feel the last last season uh that involved these life model decoys the these very um lifelike android kind of um creations that that was a big part of last year and this year is is involving time travel i'll I'll say a little bit and the future and not a great future and uh i yeah if you didn't if you stopped watching this if you watched it for a while i i would i would urge you to try it again because uh, this is a good show a really good show the characters are are super well defined by this point they're interesting and uh i i've i've really i I, the measure for me of a show that I'm really into and really watch and really like, if I watch it within a day or two of it airing, like I have a TiVo and I record most things, I don't watch much as it airs. I watch Star Trek Discovery that way <laughs> on uh, CBS All Access, but uh, but there's not much that I watch just even the night that it airs. I watch The Flash because I, I love that show. Uh, I, I watch Star Trek Discovery. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'll watch... I don't usually watch on the night it airs because it's on Friday night, uh, but I watched it last night on Saturday. So, uh, you know, within, like I said, a day or two of it airing. And the same with The Gifted, which I was talking about earlier. I, I watch that pretty quickly, too. Uh, usually the day after it airs, it's typical for me to watch things the next day if I'm really liking them. Because with TiVo, I can zip through the commercials and I don't need to watch the commercials. Uh and yeah, so um, these shows are, are, are really strong, really good, and uh, yeah, I very much enjoy them. I finished up The Punisher finally. I don't know if I talked about that on the podcast. I think I did, maybe briefly. Uh, that was a strong series on Netflix. Re- really, really good, I thought. Really well done. One of my favorite, I think, uh, of the Netflix ser- series. You know, I've loved Daredevil. I've loved all of them pretty much. Jessica Jones. Uh, Iron Fist, yeah, maybe a little weaker than the rest. I, I, I actually enjoy Defenders because I love seeing all the characters together. Um, but um, but this Punisher series was was really well done. And I think the next Netflix Marvel show we're going to get, uh, I think we're getting the next season of Jessica Jones relatively soon, I believe. Um, and there's a really cool new series uh, that I'm really excited for uh, in February starting on netflix called uh black alter no sorry uh, it is netflix and it's called altered carbon it's a futuristic show uh, and it's based on a book or a series of books i think it might be a series of books um 
but this looks good too. And um, yeah, so much good stuff to watch. Uh, it's 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 sort of um, it's almost hard to come up. Oh, the the other one too. The Magicians came back with the new season, which I love that show, and I'll watch that one too pretty quickly after it airs. It's on the Sci-Fi Channel. S Y F I. Okay, we're almost twenty minutes into the podcast. I need to wrap this up and get into Star Trek Discovery. So what I'll probably do with Discovery is is highlight some of the episodes, talk about them, especially focus on probably the last three or four episodes a lot, and uh, just give, it, give it my general thoughts. So I'll be back uh, in a moment with uh, a look at the season so far of Star Trek Discovery. All right, Star Trek Discovery, the latest uh, Star Trek series in, in the long, uh, you know, 50 more, 50, over 50 years of Star Trek on television in one form or the other. Uh, I would still consider this uh, a Star Trek television series. It's obviously not a movie, although they're certainly spending a lot of money. Oh, obviously, a big spoiler warning. I'm going to talk about all the episodes up through episode uh, of last week, episode 11, The Wolf Inside. So you have been warned. If you're not caught up, uh, don't listen. I, I wouldn't advise that. Uh, you don't want to be spoiled. Or maybe you're somebody who doesn't care, but I I never really believe the whole idea that people don't care about spoilers just because I, I, I you certainly show, shows um, and, the, and the way both television shows, movies, books, comics, any other anything like that, entertainment media, uh, a lot of what happens um, is based on the impact of what happens, right? Uh, e- even The Last Jedi, you know, really, really drove that home, I think, because a lot of, frankly, a lot of, you know, quite a few fans that didn't care for the movie were shocked uh, by the way it, what, by the way things went. So, th- you know, you shouldn't really listen ahead like this, if, if, it, unless you have no intention, maybe, of ever watching it. I don't know, maybe. Part of what I'm going to try to do here is is to give you my perspective. Uh, I'm someone who has, uh, you know, watched all Star Trek that's ever basically been, including a, a whole bunch of fan films, uh, read a ton of books, comics, and, and so, you know, not that that makes my viewpoint any more important than anyone else's, but I think it gives me a certain level of perspective and, and, and certainly history here. Same thing I felt with with Star Wars and what what how things went there. I also try to think that I, I'm not just someone who oh I'm just loving it all. I'm I'm trying to enjoy the the differences and celebrate those. And that's what Star Trek's kind of all about, right? Edict and all that. Uh, we don't want to be fed, you know. Do we want to be fed? You know, white bread, that's probably not a great analogy, but do you want to eat the same thing every day? Every you know, I, I, I don't. I, I'm I'm I love a variety of food and I love a variety of things. So I, I guess I'm just as a preface to what I'm gonna talk about about the episodes and things, I, I just think variety, as they say, is the spice of life and we should enjoy and embrace it. You know, all these people that are saying this isn't Star Trek. It's just a different type of Star Trek, you know, and there's nothing at all wrong with that. And my 
probably the biggest add-on or point to that will be if it's done well. And this show, if you watch it, I, I, I think... I don't think anyone could really say it's not being done well. These people are working their butts off on this show, and it shows the scripts, the characters, the actors, the look. uh, You know, everything about this show screams like we're not just phoning this in. And I don't think any Star Trek's ever been like that. These are hard shows to produce. You know, I'll, I'll... I'll say, you know, if you're doing another police drama, I mean, it's another police drama. I mean, you don't need to build everything. You don't need to create languages, costumes, sets. And you don't need to have actors who can handle the complexity of basically a human growing up on Vulcan, for example, or an alien, or an alien uh, that's, you know, he he was an alien and now he's a human. (laughs) I'll get to that. Uh, but uh, I think you understand what I mean. I, I, I mean, I'm just blown over by what they put on the screen every week with this series. Um, I, I, I definitely feel like because of the additional funds they've gotten due to the fact that they're on this CBS All Access thing, it's amped things up quite a bit. Now, I would have been perfectly fine if CBS had shown the show and maybe they hadn't had quite as much money to throw at the show. Uh, but this is what it is. It, you know, this is what we're getting, and it shows, and they're doing a great job, in my opinion. So, um, all right, so let's let's just kind of buzz through some of the, the, the what's gone on, in you know, with good old Star Trek Discovery so far this year or this season. Uh, it started out, you know, we got kind of thrown kind of a, a little bit of a ringer, really. We started out on the Shenzhou with Captain Giorgio and, uh, you know, with Michelle Yeoh, and uh, there's a lot of O's, <laughs> uh, but I'm trying to pronounce those correctly. Uh, but, and and Burnham, you know, Michael Burnham uh, was under her command, and and then, you know, of course, in the first two episodes, which was sort of like a, a movie in a way, that all changed, of course. You know, the Klingons come back, the Klingons attack, and, and, you know, Starfleet's pretty wiped out. The Shenzhou is is wiped out. Captain Giorgio is gone. Burnham has mutinied, and, and and things are a mess, frankly. And it's really looking, you know, this this isn't a happy show. I'll I'll tell you that it's not a happy series. But there's moments, and, and there's things, and these people are still trying and struggling, and and that's what it's kind of all about, a bit, right? So uh, so. One thing in the, in the in those first couple of episodes that I thought they did a really great job is establishing the characters, especially Michael Burnham's character, uh, played by Sinequa, uh, you know, from The Walking Dead, who she was great on The Walking Dead, super strong actress. And I was thrilled, actually, when they cast her in this because I said, yeah, she's got, you know, they always use the word chops, right? Acting chops, you know, she's got some gravitas and she's got some meat you know in her acting performance she's she's just really really good you know she can just in a look or the way she turns a phrase go from you know just her her level of being able to pull, pull out emotions from her characters and and herself and and make you feel for her is is in, really incredible in my opinion i think she is destined for Huge, huge things. I, I hope she gets a chance even to do some film work too more because, and I don't know, maybe she's been in some movies. I, I, I don't really know. I basically know her from The Walking Dead. But 
really, really strong actress, and and all the actors on this, and Michelle Yeoh. I mean, I, you know, she's been around for a long time, and, and just her style as 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 the captain and how she deals with Burnham and Saru in those first couple of episodes, really good. Um, let me see if I can dig up a clip from those first episodes to show you and illustrate what um, what I'm talking about. So hang on, I'm going to play something for you. What will you do if you were stuck here for 89 years? A likely scenario, unless we die here in the desert. But say you lived. As a xenoanthropologist, I could reveal myself to the natives, learn their culture, try to fit in. If possible. And you, Captain? What will you do if we're trapped here for 89 years? That's easy. I'd escape. These are our footprints. You've walked us in a circle. Not exactly a circle. So, yeah, that's the first uh, little scene there at the very beginning of the Vulcan Hello, the first episode. Uh, and then eventually we get to the Battle of, Binar Battle of the Binary Stars at the Binary Stars is the next episode where um, Burnham, you know, tries to take over because she's learned that uh, she's learned that the Vulcans, you know, basically the Klingons respect you know violence to a degree and they respect you if you kind of hit, hit them first burnham suggests to to her captain that you know they should attack the klingons the klingon fleet that they run into uh of course Giorgio says you know starfleet doesn't shoot first uh so burnham takes over and and you know nerve pinches uh, the captain takes over for a brief moment and then basically mutinies and uh captain Giorgio gets you know, recovers and, and takes back over and things go wrong <laughs> even more after that. And then Burnham is eventually uh, court-martialed, tossed into uh, prison and, you know, for, for life, she's told, because she's mutinied, she's betrayed her Starfleet, she's betrayed her captain, she she blames herself for, uh, oh, you know, the destruction of the Shenzhou and, you know, the captain dying and the war starting, you know, and, I think she overblames herself, in my opinion. I, I mean, you know, I, 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 she tried to do what she thought would, would keep them all alive, and, and it, and it went wrong in, in a lot of different ways. It, it you know, went poorly and badly. But, um, you know, I, I think Burnham, Burnham is a character that keeps trying. That, uh, even though she grew up on Vulcan, we, we already see here that she's not beyond. To, to her, I mean, maybe even growing up on Vulcan, I think, you know, to her, the logical thing to do is is what Sarek tells her to do is that, you know, shoot first. The Klingons will respect that. Uh, but, of course, that doesn't happen. So the um, the next episode up is called Context for Kings is for Kings. And um, this episode is, is mainly focused on Burnham uh, getting, uh, getting sort of I'll call it Shanghai getting getting recruited by uh, Captain Lorca to join uh, the Discovery um, and and their mission. And this is where we first get to see the USS Discovery and Captain Lorca, who I love. You know, even though he's he's kind of like you know he's not a nice guy, and, and but he has been tasked to to winning the war, and he's been given the most advanced ship in Starfleet, the ship that has this spore drive 
the ship that can, uh, if they can get the spore drive working, the ship that can basically appear anywhere in an instant, uh, in, in, you know, and leap in, jump in, you know, shoot some Klingons and then jump back out again. Uh, a super effective um, weapon, really, in the war against the Klingons. So, um, yeah, I, I think they. Uh, th- this is an interesting episode. I'm not going to talk a lot about this one, uh, but I, I do like it a lot, and, and I like the fact that Burnham doesn't know really what's going on, um, and and finds that you know the um, you know she's she's trying to really punish herself, you know, in, in a way, uh, you know, she's she's kind of like Burnham just wants to like you know she feels responsible for all these deaths at the battle at at the binary stars and she just wants to be left alone more or less and serve her sentence and she's been pulled back into it and like no we're not gonna you know Lorca's like we're not gonna leave you alone you're you're a part of this you know help me help me solve it help me finish it help me win the war help me beat the Klingons help me save you know Starfleet the Federation and so forth so it's it's really interesting because you know Burnham has a unique perspective um, and is in a unique position and she's super smart of course and and I like the fact that Lorca basically you know he says and and you get the idea that he he doesn't care he'll use whatever he needs to do he'll do whatever he needs to do use whatever he needs to use uh, in order to um, win the war you know that that's that's his goal. He doesn't care, and he's been basically. He says he's been given, you know, a lot of latitude to um, to accomplish that. The next episode up, uh, I'll find a clip here in a moment for this one. The butcher's knife cares not for the lamb's cry. This this kind of you know is it sort of an in between episode a little bit. Um, it it um, it involves um, them finding another Starfleet ship, and also. Or was that the was that part? Of, uh, let me play you the. It'll bring me up to speed. Let me play you the preview um, for this episode, and I'll get myself oriented here a little bit better. So uh, here's here's the preview for for episode four for the series. Discovery is no longer a science vessel. It's a warship. If we're gonna win this thing, we have one chance to get it right. We received a distress signal. I told you we'd be ready when you called and we are. Go. Open containment plan's not a good idea. Collision is imminent. Shields up. I'm sorry. Star Trek Discovery. New episode Sundays. Yeah, so this episode uh, is is basically, you know, after they've been on that Klingon ship, that was the previous one. They've got the tardigrade. Uh, and they're trying to figure out how to integrate it and use it to, well, as a as a weapon at first, uh, Lorca, you know, wants them to to figure out a way to, um, you know, well, this thing took out a bunch of Klingons, uh, you know, figure out something to do with it. But then they quickly learn that the spore drive on the Discovery and this tardigrade creature have a connection. Uh, they find it on, what was that, the USS Glenn, the sister ship. Um, or a similar ship like Discovery, and where things went wrong, the crew died, and they bring it aboard the creature, and then in the next episode, this one, is basically them trying to figure out how to use it because there's this Federation um, outpost that's under attack by the Klingons, and 
they got to get there, uh, and they're the only ones that can really get there quick enough to save them. And that's what happens in this one. They have uh, they they use the tardigrade to jump, uh, and it gets them to the system in time near the end, and they save the uh, the colony and jump back out again. Uh, of course, the you know this creature that um, that is helping them with this isn't doing very well, and so they they you know Burnham quickly realizes it's not a uh, you know, jumping around the galaxy ain't like Dustin Crops boy, you know. So it's 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 it just uh, it takes a toll on on the creature, and and that quickly becomes a problem. Uh, and they eventually, you know, as as we all know, if you're watching the show, they they end up using um, the uh, the spore, you know, connection ends up and and the tardigrades DNA in that they end up hooking up Stamets. Um, to do this, uh, you know, jumping around. So, uh, yeah, I like, uh, I like that episode a lot. It, it starts to show Burnham's connection, you know, to how she, her science background and the way she analyzes thing and her kind of connection to the tardigrade. She, she doesn't want to just like hurt it or injure it or, you know, she becomes kind of, um, it's almost becomes like her little pet to a degree. Right. So, uh, you know she's she's not real kind or not real not kind. Uh, she's not real keen on, you know, taking this creature against its will basically and plugging it into the spore drive, and, and using it to hop around the galaxy even if they need it. Um, all right, let's move on because uh, we got still a lot to cover and we're forty minutes into the podcast. So uh, all right, the next one number five for the season. Choose your pain. This one uh, is is. I think this one's quite a bit different than other episodes because it's mostly not, um, it's mostly away from the discovery. Or a lot of it is because this is the episode where Lorca, he finds himself to be a prisoner of war along with another Starfleet person, uh, Ash Tyler. And we get to meet Harry Mudd here. So uh, let me play you the, um, the preview trailer to this episode, number five, Choose Your Pain. This one's a uh, story by Gretchen Berg, Aaron Hart. Herberts and Kemp Powers, who I've seen a lot of those guys, uh, two of them at least. I don't think Kemp Powers, but have been on um, After Trek pretty regularly and uh, directed by Lee Rose. And this one first aired back on October, October 15th. So here is um, Choose Your Pain. Warning, Klingon, tractor beam engaged. Captain Lorca was captured. We will find him. Where are we? A Klingon prison vessel. Prepare to jump. I don't know how much more the creature can sustain. I gave you an order. You seek glory. But glory must be earned through sacrifice. Stick with me. I'm a survivor just like you. Star Trek Discovery. New episode Sundays. This episode is really good. I like it. It's strong. It's interesting. Uh, They don't really explain, uh, you know while Lorca's out there and gets captured exactly, you know, it's pretty vague a bit. It also seems pretty easy in a way to me. I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, other than that, though, you know, so we got Lorca, Ash Tyler, and Terry Mudd, played by now played by Rain Wilson, uh, who I think is fantastic as Harry Mudd, and we see him a few times in the season. Uh, this is a good episode, and, of course, this big part of this episode brings Ash Tyler, Lieutenant Ash Tyler, 
who we have since learned isn't maybe quite all he appears to be, but uh, it gets him aboard the Discovery. So, uh, yeah, this is a good one. Uh, there's a lot of uh, torture going on. Uh, Lorca gets pretty beat up. Lorca gets beat up a lot in this series. Uh, now he's in, you know, agony booths and things. But, uh, but yeah, I like this one. And I, I think uh, the only thing I've I, I always thought about this episode that, that seemed a little weird to me is it uh, is it seems to wrap up kind of quick. Like they, they, they escape from the, you know, the brig they're in or prison place or whatever on the ship, the prison ship. And they're on this little ship and then bang, they're, they're, they're out and Discovery grabs them and beams them out and all that. And it just seemed a little too quick and clean. I, I, I don't quite get that, but um, uh, it, it seemed like they made some quick, quick moves there and jumps. But uh, um, sometimes I've noticed, though, you know, I used to comment and say this a lot about Discovery, even Enterprise, but Star Trek, one of the things that I've seen in modern Star Trek um, that, I, that I always feel is a little bit, I don't know. Maybe it's just the the time constraints of, of what they do. I mean, even you know what it, what's been interesting to me is the being on CBS All Access. They've kept these episodes pretty tight, right? They have not they've not made them overly long or anything like that. What what is each episode? Maybe forty five minutes or so. And I I don't I haven't looked at all the episode. That'd be an interesting thing to do to look at the episode lengths completely. But they're not really going much longer, you know. They, they it almost like they want to be able to fit them into an hour-long television type format, right? If you were throwing commercials in there, and I watch with CBS All Access, I do the the one I pay for the only five ninety nine one, and I have commercials, so it ends up being about an hour of watching TV, right? But yeah, so my point about this is they can add some some a little bit more to these episodes at times you know sometimes they just seem to finish up too quickly and and maybe if we get a blu-ray set or dvd set or whatever they'll they'll have some added scenes on, on some of these episodes i don't know maybe i've not heard much about that I, I i'd love to you know they do this after trek show and they have tweets where they ask questions from people who've tweeted in and they even have a little audience where they have, you know, uh, they've been starting to take questions from from the audience. You know, one one of the questions I would ask is is are these episodes? Is there a lot left on the cutting room floor, so to speak? Like, are are they filming a lot more for these episodes in in pulling it out? Because uh, some of these, I really suspect that they are. So, uh, uh, let me play you this little clip. I found that something about uh, Rain Wilson talking about Harry Mudd playing Harry Mudd. This is only about a minute or so long. So. Let me play this for you uh, so you can uh, hear his take on on the new uh, incarnation of uh, this dastardly villain of Star Trek uh, lore and history. I love the character of Harry Mudd. I remember him so distinctly, uh, having first seen him at like age seven. So the idea of resurrecting that character, retooling him, reinventing him, rebooting him was just a dream come true. The name is Mud Harcourt Fenton Mud Harry for short. Sure enough, it paid off great because five months later, I just got a phone call and they're like, "Hey, do you want to play Harry Mud in a couple episodes?" And I was like, "Hell's yeah!" It worked like a charm. Well, first thing I did was look at the two episodes that Roger Carmel had done as Harry Mudd uh, on the original series. I wasn't looking so much at like gestures or how he played the character, but just the, the role the character played in the telling of the story. So dastardly, charming, um, moving the plot forward, having some secrets, a little bit con man, a little bit merchant, just kind of got that general feel. 
um, and tried to bring that to my version of Harry Mudd. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I think he's doing a good job as Harry Mudd. I hope we get to see more of him. I don't know if we're going to see any more of him this season, maybe, uh, but I would love to see more of, of Harry Mudd. All right, next up, uh, this episode called Lethe. Is that how you say it? I Maybe. Uh, <laughs> the um, This episode is really interesting. Uh, I think it's the first one we get to meet Admiral Cornwell, uh, who I think is a great character. Um Katerina Cornwell, who has a um, uh, relationship or history with Captain Lorca. Uh, and we also get to see uh, Burnham a little bit more um, interacting with um, with the crew. Uh, and we also in- introducing, you know, now we have Ash Tyler aboard uh, with Burnham. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think this is a, a good one. And uh, let me play uh, the preview trailer to um, Lithe. He might be dying. His ship is lost in a nebula. We go in with a shuttle. Flying with nothing but hope and a prayer. Are you really that crazy? Good to know. You launched an unauthorized rescue mission. I'm trying to win a war. And don't make enemies on your own side. Star Trek Discovery. New episode Sundays. Yeah, so the, the, this episode, besides the what's going on on Discovery with... Um, uh, Ash Tyler coming aboard and, and Cornwell and all that stuff with her and Lorca. Uh, the, um, the big one of course is Sarek's, um, you know, he's hurt and they need to go out and rescue him basically. Uh, and I, I like this episode for a couple of reasons. I like the introduction of Ash Tyler, uh, and how he deals with Burnham, especially I'm going to play a little clip of that in a second, but, uh, I also like the idea that Lorca is is sort of a master manipulator. That that I, I I think that the main reason he lets this rescue mission happen is is because he's trying to win over Burnham. Basically, like, all right, I'll let you go rescue your your uh, mentor, uh, but you're you're you know he wants her to basically feel like she kind of owes him in a way and, and work with him more and, and, and cooperate in that. But uh, um, the other thing this episode introduces is the now infamous or famous or whatever, uh, the disco uh, workout shirts that they wear that Tilly and uh, Burnham wear when they're jogging through the through the corridors with the glass ceilings, which is super cool. Um, I like the fact that they're trying to uh, show that the ship has... Um, you know, there's people in there, right? They they zoom in through these windows and to the bridge and to the these overhead windows where they're out jogging uh, along the the corridors of, of Discovery, and they just happen to be wearing these workout shirts that have Discovery shortened to Disco, which is a little play on on you know, of course, music Disco. Uh, but uh, yeah, apparently the 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 replicators that replicate their uniforms and that couldn't put on the rest of the letters. <laughs> I just think that's funny. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, wouldn't, you know, it's a replicator. It can do whatever you want. Uh, but, uh, but I do enjoy, it. and I got one of those shirts. So I, I, uh, uh but, uh, here's a, um, 
Here's another little minute clip from this episode, though, and the reason I want to show this is I really like this scene a lot, uh, and uh, I think it quickly establishes the kind of character that Ash Tyler is, at, at least at this point in time, let's say. Scuttlebutt is you took out six Klingon warriors in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Can't believe everything you hear. Please sit down. I'm Cadet Sylvia Tilly. Uh, this is my mentor, Michael. You're Michael Burnham. The same. You probably can believe everything you hear. I tend to assess people in the here and now. I'm a functioning crew member of a Federation starship. Right here. Right now. Crazy kids. Michael. Michael, what's wrong? I should go. You okay? Yes. No. That's a good, uh, good scene, good clip, and then of course, you know, she gets the the sort of uh, I was going to say it, the force vision, <laughs> not force vision, the the Vulcan mind meld kind of connection between her and Sarek about he being injured out there um, on his ship. So, uh, all right, next up, episode seven. Let's we got to move this along. Uh, magic to make the sanest man go mad. Uh, you know, the uh, Star Trek Discovery, the, the some of these early season episodes. Uh, they seem to be going for how long of a title of an episode can we, and this one's another long one. This is a cool episode and probably one of my favorites of the season so far. This is the uh, the time twisty Harry Mud episode where he gets aboard Discovery and he has this device that allows him to to um, reset you know time and go back and forth and things like that. And uh, yeah, this is a lot of fun because. Well, things ha things can happen, and they don't really have exact consequence. So that allows for a lot of um, interesting and fun moments and 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 cool stuff to happen and tra take place. Uh, but let uh, let me play you the um, the little preview. Um, I, and I'm glad that they make these 30 second or so. Uh, very Star Trek. Uh, you know, Enterprise did this. All all the uh, Enterprise. Uh, you know, Voyager and TNG and Deep Space Nine, you know, next on Star Trek, you know, Deep Space Nine, you know, they'd, I, I like that we get these little fairly short, but enough to tease you previews. And, and After Trek has also been putting on a, each week, if you watch the After Trek after the episode, they'll give you about a minute or so uh, clip, uh, preview clip of the next week's episode. Um, I just actually watched the last After Trek yesterday that previewed episode 12, which is on tonight. So uh, with a little clip with um, it, uh, it was with Lorca and Burnham, uh, I think on their way basically to see um, Emperor Giorgio. So we'll get to that. <laughs> All right, here we go with uh, episode seven, Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad trailer. Listen, the ship is in danger. We have been caught in a 30-minute time loop. And every second that you doubt me brings us all closer to death. Ah! Intruder alert. Shots fired. Want him locked down. Drive overload critical. Wait! Go, go, go! go. <laughs> 
yeah, that episode is a lot of fun. Uh, we get to start to see um, some casual stuff going on, some relationship things. Uh, there's a little party scene at the beginning, uh, which um, I, I still feel is a little too 21st century, maybe. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, it's it's cool. It's fun. Harry Mudd uh, back again. I, I, I'm enjoying just about every episode uh, that he is in, and, and this is no exception. And uh, yeah. What more to say? A, a a time jump type, repeating Groundhog Day kind of episode, a, a kind of a Star Trek staple. Uh, seemed a little soon maybe to do this in, in the series is about my only comment, but I loved it and 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 Tilly is fun in it. Burnham has a lot to do and, and there's a lot of cool stuff happening in this one that I enjoyed. Okay, next up uh, we've got a another longer title uh it's in latin civis passum parabellum i think that's how you say it uh the translation for this is if you want peace prepare for war uh i just use google translate for that although i think i heard that somewhere in after trek or something about that but um um this is the planet episode basically right this is the one um where they go down to this planet called pavo I think is how you say it, and uh, where we get Tyler, Burnham, and uh, Saru get to go down to this planet, and uh, they find these sort of, I want to say they're spore-like, but some kind of um, small organisms that live on the planet that sort of inhabit this place and and have uh, uh, kind of a symbiotic, I guess, relationship with the planet, right? Kind of, something like that. Um, And uh, it's not like they're, you know, uh, kind of walk around on two legs and, and all. Um, but they also have this influence over the landing party, over uh, a little bit over Burnham and, and Ash Tyler and, and sort of bring them closer together, but also definitely over Saru uh, being a Kelpian and being part of this prey species. He actually, for you know, he gets very affected by being on this planet and, and these these alien creatures and uh oh captain they put the alien they put the creatures in my body um that was a terrible Chekhov accent uh, but they put the creatures in our bodies uh anyway uh so let me play the preview for um civis passum parabellum we kelpians are born afraid it's how we survive my whole life have never known a moment without fear. Not one moment. Until now. There will be time to grieve. This is not that time. Star Trek Discovery. New episode. So, yeah, Saru goes a little bonkers. You, you learn, of course, that he can. he's super strong, he's super fast, and... Um, you don't want to be fighting Saru because he, he's 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 a trouble, and this idea that he's always he's always in fear, and this is the only chance he's ever been felt peace, um, is is a, is a pretty strong message, pretty interesting. The next episode was the fall finale. This one's called Into the Forest I Go. This is a fantastic episode. This is probably still my favorite of of the year. Maybe the last couple have been pretty good. Maybe the the one the the first one they came back number would be number on 10 uh was pretty cool too but i mean they're all great i've been enjoying this series so much uh and it's captured me 
quicker than any other Star Trek series probably has captured me and pulled me in. But um, Into the Forest I Go is, is um, uh, what the, is kind of a direct follow-up to this last episode uh, because the creatures um, call out to the Klingons. They basically feel like, hey, you guys, you, you Federation Starfleet people are fighting the Klingons, and uh, why don't we just bring the Klingons here, signal them, and you let you guys, you know, hash it out. And, uh, you know, we all know that that's, that's probably not the best course of action or idea here. So this um, creates a situation where the Discovery has to quickly figure out how to deal with this, how to um, deal with the Klingons. And what, what ends up happening in this episode is, is, is amazing. And, and they use um, one of the problems with... Uh, with the uh, the Klingons have been their cloaks and that and 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 being able to detect them and the discovery figures out a way uh, to to be able to discover and figure out I was going to try to say discover and discovery uh, too close together but the through a series of what is it 120 220 something jumps they pick up uh, sensor data on, on the Klingon ships or ship, I think it's just the, the one ship, right? The sarcophagus ship or whatever. Um, the And that involves uh, Tyler and Burnham going over there and planning some sensor devices. So, okay, let me uh, play the preview for Into the Forest I Go. We're about to face the most difficult challenge we have ever attempted. No other crew would have a chance to pull in this off. Let's give them a taste of what the Discovery is capable of. Klingons were honorable. Prove your worth. I accept your challenge, human. We have to abort now. We don't run from a fight. Star Trek Discovery. Fall finale Sunday. Yeah, so that episode, um, or this episode that we're talking about here, is uh, is, is super important and key uh, for a lot of reasons. One, it, it's going to allow them to to discover how to um, detect the Klingons when they're cloaked. Uh, and also, by the end of the episode, it, it, they're they're tossed into the, yeah, mirror universe, right? Or a mirror universe, I'll call it. The uh, Which, it, it, of course, is now seems to be setting up the, these last episodes of the season. I don't know if they're going to be there for the rest of the season, but they've been there for two episodes now, right? Um the uh, let me play play the clip. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a clip in this episode where they talk about how they're going to use um, the the data they can generate or the collect off the Klingon ships to uh, figure out how they um, are cloaked in order to detect them and and save a lot of lives. Currently, we suspect the Klingon cloak generates a massive gravitational field, one that bends light and other electromagnetic waves around the ship essentially rendering it undetectable to our sensors. But the cloak has small imperfections, so what appears like background EM radiation actually contains near imperceptible shifts that correlate to the cloak's gravitational field. If we can determine the exact relationship between the two, we could develop an algorithm to expose any invisible ship's position. The imperfections are infinitesimal. How do we detect them? By placing sensors on board the Klingon ship to relay data back to Discovery on the ship with a boarding party, one that has to physically beam over. All right. How do we get our people there? Klingons know that Discovery is a valuable target. We use it as bait. 
to draw their flagship away from Pavo. They have to drop the cloak to engage us in battle. Their shields and weapons are offline when they're invisible, so that gives us a small window to beam over after the cloak is down, but before their shields go up. The team on board the Klingon ship will install two sensors. Every time it cloaks, we gather readings. There is a problem, though, sir. It will take time to gather sufficient data. How much time? Days. Well, we don't have days. But we do have a spore drive. Right, so they have a spore drive, which which is going to, you know, they have to do all those jumps because each time they jump, they're in a new position, they collect data and kind of cross-reference it. It's a, it's a super cool scene, you know. It, it almost reminds me of, of, or the way they do it, it reminds me a little bit about in the new newer version of Battlestar Galactica, the Adama maneuver where they're dropping, um, they jump uh, in the Galactica drops into the planet and in order to launch its uh, vipers uh, and it just jumps out at the very last minute before it basically crashes into the planet's surface just cool maneuvery kind of uh stuff like that rather than just two ships sort of battling it out um there's a very key moment in this episode at the very end though where um they're gonna go home home quote unquote to a star base i think right and um that uh, Stamet says, yeah, I'll do one more jump. I can get us home rather than warp drive home. Uh, and they're doing that. And and if you watch the episode, there's a quick close-up of, at the very last minute, Lorca taps something into his armrest controls on his command chair, which which is basically he, he changes the coordinates of the jump. He changes to something else. And then they're in the mirror, a mirror universe of some kind. And so, like, um... The obvious thing here, the thing that's been talked about online, I've seen, uh, Lorca is maybe not from the main universe. He's Mirror Lorca. He's always been Mirror Lorca, at least as far as we've seen him on Discovery. I don't know where the real Lorca is. Maybe he's on, maybe he's in the Mirror Universe, but um, that's the obvious thing. He definitely changed something in that jump. Um Maybe it was an accident. Maybe he was just typing. He didn't want to go home to the starbase. Maybe there was some. Uh, there's some other explanation, possibly. But uh, what we've learned in the last couple of episodes is is the Lorca in the um, mirror universe is is a fugitive. He's out there somewhere. No one really knows where. So it's pretty makes like it, it kind of adds up and makes sense that he could easily be the the Lorca that we've been dealing with aboard the Discovery. And this has been just one elaborate long ploy to, to whatever some kind of retribution thing. But if this ends up being the case and being end up being true, uh, what's going to happen when Discovery goes home? Are they going to find out about Lorca? Uh, is he going to stay in the mirror universe? Are they going to go back with Saru in command? Uh, who knows? But um, let me play you the next preview to. The next episode that we got back um, at the beginning of January, this episode was the one that we got when we came back from the break from November. This one's called uh, Despite Yourself. And this is when they basically, the Discovery learns of the situation they're in uh, and that they're not, uh, as as Dorothy would say, uh, Toto, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. Where the hell are we? Lieutenant Stamets is non-responsive. 
So this episode is is they discover they're in a, the mirror universe and the there's a lot of things going on here. Uh, Ash Tyler is having weird weird flashbacks to when he was um, a prisoner or was he? Uh, we got Laurel aboard the the Discovery as a prisoner. Um, Admiral Cornwell, by the way, got survived and and got sent back to a starbase before the whole last uh, prime universe episode happened i uh, keep you guys all keeping track <laughs> but uh but yeah there's a, there's a there's a ton going on here uh and they have to figure out how to deal with this and and what what they figure out is uh you know they're they're a long way from home uh they figure out they're in this alternate reality alternate universe you know the spore drive um lorca and and stamets have sort of um contrive that it could take them to not just other areas in space but other areas in in, in parallel dimensions right other universe universes universe i so yeah th- this is a, a cool idea and we get uh captain tilly or captain killy uh in command uh, which is fantastic and and i have to um i have to play a little bit of that for you because it's so cool and uh, uh here we go with the little uh, Captain Captain Tilly. Open a channel. Hi, sir. Hello, this is Captain Tilly. What the heck? Heck, hell! What the hell? Hold your horses. This is Captain Sponeman. Why the delay in responding, Discovery? I was indisposed. Everything okay over there, Discovery? You Open a channel. Aye, sir. But you have the strength of an entire crew that believes in you. Fortify yourself with our faith in you. That's what a real captain does. Impressive. Well, let's not keep these assholes waiting. Too much? Not here. Here, it's just right. Yeah, just like uh, Captain Captain Tilly or Captain Killy, I, I'd, I'd watch a whole series like that. Um, this episode also, that episode after the we got after the break, um, despite yourself, there's a lot of things happened in it. Um, uh, but uh, the other part of behind-the-scenes part is Jonathan Frakes, number one. He directed it. And uh, I, I really thought that was great, and I think he did a great job. But uh, all right, so that brings us up one more episode uh, up to what aired last Sunday, uh, the episode "The Wolf Inside." The big thing about this episode, well, um, spo- spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, um, Ash Tyler is Volk, um, the Klingon uh, that was has been altered to look like a human, took Ash Tyler's place. And it all comes crashing down around Burnham uh, in this episode. It's mostly an episode, though, where she's trying to negotiate with some of the Mirror Universe, um, let's say the Rebels or whatever they're called, uh, all the anti-Terran, uh, you know, we got the Terran Empire 
and then everyone else pretty much uh, against them. Andorians, Tellarites, uh, we have Klingons, uh, Vulcans, all kind of working together to fight the fight the Terrans. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to play the preview to this episode. I'll come back and we'll wrap all this up. Every moment is a test. And everywhere I turn, there's fear. Can you continue to pretend to be one of them? Even as, little by little, it kills the person you really are. Maybe none of us really know what darkness is waiting inside. So, yeah, so this brings us to uh, wrapping up our look at Discovery so far this season. Uh, we're down to the last uh, four episodes, right? Uh, yeah, we have the wolf inside, so we have... Uh, and I, like I've said many times throughout this, uh, I've enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. Um, although I have to say some of these surprises, like uh, Ash Volk, I mean, I don't know. I thought that it was not too hard to figure out, really, right? But anyway... Um, yeah, we've got four episodes left. Tonight's episode on the 21st here is called Vaulting Ambition. Uh, we have uh, Burnham confronting her old mentor, Giorgio, who's now the emperor of the Terran Empire. Uh, wow, yeah. Uh, what's past is prologue, is after that. The war without, the war within. And then the last episode for this season, number 15, Will You Take My Hand? Question uh, mark. That will air on February 24th. Uh, sorry, February 11th, um, weekend after the Super Bowl for those who are Super Bowl fans. All right. So, um, yeah, I, I have been loving uh, the um, the Discovery season so far. I, it's really been great. Uh, I'll, I'll be very disappointed if we have to wait a, a long, long time uh, for season two. Uh, maybe we'll get lucky and it'll be on like late this year, like in the late fall, we'll, we'll, it'll come back. Uh, I'm worried it'll be longer than that. I'm worried it won't be until what, 2019, you know, we're already waiting, like, uh, almost going to be almost two years for a new game of Thrones last six episodes, right? Uh, won't be quite, it's not coming back till 2019. So discovery. Yeah. They, uh, and they, they, announced the renewal for it what up at around episode four or five so way back in around october or so uh i don't know i've not heard anything about you know where they're at how far they're gearing up are they i'm sure they would i would hope and think they're writing scripts and that we should be finishing off the klingon war arc though uh and i and i do feel that a lot is going to be different and changed by the end of this season uh really a, a lot because of everything that we've we know, kind of. I mean, for one, I I toss this out. We have a little Discovery chat chat channel on Facebook, whatever chat, um, Messenger, whatever it's called. Uh, the um, the one I wonder about is is the, the Spore Drive. Stamets is in. I mean, is he dead? Not dead? Whatever. Uh, he met evil Stamets at the last uh, of the last episode, kind of in a weird Spore dream thing. Um, but. Um, the uh, you know I I do believe that the spore drive will be pretty much mothballed or gone by that point. I don't see it hanging around for too long. It was necessary for some of what we're seeing here, but I think they need to get back to good old warp drive. You know, explore strange new worlds and all, and all that kind of a thing. 
Uh, I think there'll be a big shift. I can't really see them putting Burnham. If something happens with Lorca, if he's gone for some reason, whatever, um, I can't see them putting uh, Burnham in command of, of, of the Discovery. That just that just seems weird to me, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, she'll have probably redeemed herself, but to go, you know, from, you know, mutineer, prisoner to for life to to captain of of, of the Discovery, I, I I don't know. I don't I don't can't see that. Obviously, the Discovery to me has to stick around because the show is called Star Trek Discovery. Unless they make a new one, I mean, they certainly could make a new ship, uh, maybe without spore drive, because uh, that ship is obviously built for that, right? It twists, it turns, it spins, it whatever it does, somersaults, uh, cartwheels. To uh, I, I don't think that ship needs to be what it is, but maybe they'll just keep it there and it has warp drive too. I mean, it obviously does. It's been mentioned a few times, but a lot of, you know, I'm just trying to throw out some predictions here because I probably won't talk about it again. I think we're going to do a Skype chat. Uh, before, uh, or sorry, not before, uh, Skype chat after the final episode. Uh, so trying to get out what I, what I think, uh, uh, I, I really like Jason Isaacs as Lorca. So I, I hope even if he is mirror Lorca, that maybe he sticks around or, or they get the other Lorca back or whatever. I just, I find him really an interesting character. He's, he's, he's got his kind of way of things. He's kind of Kirk like, and that he just does kind of what he wants a bit, um, but uh, yeah, I would I would hate to see them lose um, Jason Isaacs and the character of Lorca. Uh, but uh, I don't know. This show, I mean, with with the uh, another, you know, I've said spoiler alert a hundred times. But with the death of um, Doctor Culper, um, is that his name? Is it Culper? Culber? Culber? Um, the uh, there's a lot. This show basically has shown me that that anything could happen. Heck, Burnham might be something might happen to her. Even I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, they're they're keeping us on our toes. It's it's kind of like the Walking Dead model, you know. I know um, Sinequa came from there, but you know, in Game of Thrones as well, uh, you know, some of these modern shows, modern television tries to spin things and and not not like oh yeah yeah he's a main character. Uh, he he can't die. Nothing bad can happen. Oh nope. This is the modern television. You can do that. Game of Thrones certainly has done it over the years. Uh, heck, they did it in the first um, first season. Uh, and and Discovery, I think, is trying to follow that a little bit. Um, uh, but for the people who have not watched, if you happen to be listening, I don't know why, again, you would. Or maybe you watched a little and didn't uh, stick with it. Um, again, CBS All Access, I recommend um, signing up via online. Uh, you'll probably be able to get a trial after that uh, final air date of the 11th. You'll still probably be able to get a one-week trial, and you can watch 15 episodes of Star Trek Discovery for free. So what would stop you at that point, right? Uh, Unless it's something that you don't care for, and I I get that. This show is a little stronger and a little harder edge than other Trek has been. But I do believe that they've kept that and not made it. um, They've kept it under control. I, I, you know, the language, there's been a little bit of that, but I don't think it's been overboard. Uh, there's not really, I mean, I, not really nudity per se that I've really, I mean, a, a couple of, no, I don't think they're really that I can remember. Um, so, and, uh, and, and the violence, of course, Star Trek has always had some, a bit of that. So that, that I don't think is any, 
maybe a little stronger than other treks. But uh, the, the point is, this is not like adult trek or something weird. You know, it's not like they've really, hey, we're on cable. We're on CBS All Access. We're, we're rated mature or whatever. I mean, I watched this uh, a cool series called Mr. Robot um, that somehow, I, what channel is that on? USA? Uh, they put a lot of strong language in that show and, and it's a really cool and interesting show but uh point being it's not on i mean it's on cable i guess uh, so whatever and they just put warnings on on the show my point is is this is still a very very strong interesting show it is star trek i feel and um yeah I, I hope everyone who has been listening to today's podcast is enjoying it. Uh, let me just wrap this up. I've been—it's it, going long. I knew that would probably be the case. A lot to cover, but I wanted to give you a little bit of taste of each episode uh, and talk about it uh, to some degree. Uh, next week, uh, you will have a special show, a guest show on uh, ships of more ships of Star Wars, especially the Last Jedi. I think it's going to be uh, Jedi Jeff. And I think maybe Brian and Chris, or maybe just Chris. I'm not sure. I know Jedi Jeff is going to do the show, and I and I think he's involving both those guys. Maybe it's just Chris, maybe Brian too, um, but I'm not positive. But that'll be next week. Uh, and I tentatively, I tentatively have a February schedule. Uh, the first uh, February, the month fourth, uh, in two weeks. I guess it's just two weeks. Yeah, two weeks away. Super Bowl Sunday, uh, the 4th. I'm going to try to do a show and talk about all these sci-fi anthology shows that are out there now. I want to do that and talk about them because I think they're really interesting and good. I talked a little bit about that today. On the 11th, it's going to be Chris and me. We're going to do a, a kind of a different kind of show. Chris had this idea of doing a show about um, asking me, uh, I want to ask you a bunch of questions and you will answer me, kind of a uh, like my favorite food or my favorite Star Trek series or my favorite episode of a Star Trek series or my favorite Star Wars movie or my least favorite Star Wars movie, Rogue One. Uh, you know, <laughs> some kind of a little almost semi-interview kind of a show, uh, something like that. We're still working on the details. That's on the 11th. The 18th of February, we're going to do a Skype chat, uh, bring together the Skype crew and, and talk about Discovery the whole season. And then the 25th, not sure yet, but it'll be a guest cast. So that's what's coming up on Treks and Sci-Fi. Hey, everyone, thanks for sticking with me on this long podcast, but I hope you enjoyed it. Keep watching Discovery. Enjoy it. Uh, I've been really, really enjoying this season. Uh, I think it's a super strong start, and, uh, and I'm super happy that they, um, they've already announced a season two. And I'm really looking forward to um, how what that's going to be like, because it's it's going to be a lot different than this season. Uh, and uh, I'm excited by that too. So uh, take care, everyone. I will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.
This has been a Rick Dusty Podcast production.